You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Transform your home in one weekend with paint from Menards. Get a paint that combines durability and gorgeous color. Dutch Boys DuraClean Interior Paint and Primer in One offers stay clean technology, making your home stay beautiful and clean longer. And with Dutch Boys Easy Opening Smooth Pouring Container, transforming your home has never been easier. Save big money on Dutch Boy paints and head into Menards to get your paint project started today. Save big money at Menards. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. Curable Beef Jerky wants to thank everyone for the overwhelming response to our favorite bag of beef jerky, Huck and Fock. Have you tried it? Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com and you'll see Cherry Smoked Chipotle, Cranberry Smokehouse Turkey, Aloha Pineapple, and yes, our favorite and your favorite, Huck and Fock. Go to Steersnacks.com. This is Women to Watch. I don't think you can truly change for the better in a lasting, meaningful way unless it is driven by self-acceptance. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's so great to be here with all of you. Uh, Before we get started, just a quick reminder to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of women leaders, bringing you the latest news from their industries and their organizations. And we continue to be grateful for their support and the valuable content that they bring to the show each and every week. Um, If you're listening and you're interested and being a part of our watch team, feel free to visit our website at womentowatch.net and download the partner page where you can learn more details. Um, you can also download the podcast there and sign up for our newsletter as well to stay in the loop on all things Women to Watch. So now I'm very honored and excited to welcome to the show Alana Golan. Alana is the founder of Golan Ventures, and we will find out what all of that encompasses because it's a lot. Um, Alana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sue. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a pleasure to be with every all the listeners. Yeah, so I'm really excited. And um, I actually thought I would start off with um, 
a, a quote that I read in in with regard to a recognition that you received um, for a 40 under 40, um, outstanding 40 under 40. I read this and I thought it really kind of summed up um, a lot about you. Always pushing the limits and finding new goals in numerous areas of life, the military, sports, technology, engineering, fundraising, and entrepreneurship. And that's a lot of things. And I know you, you know, you're constantly looking to, um, to expand your, your learning and your contributions. I wanted to ask you what age you first recognized this drive in yourself. Um, you know, it's funny because theoretically I see it from early age, um, but I can see it in retrospect. Um, I don't think I recognized it until pretty late stage um, that I, I have some kind of a gift that makes me operate at a different level when I know I'm breaking barriers um, and to kind of push a little more than most people. Um, and it is more about perseverance and belief that I, you know, I just need to make it work. Um, but it wasn't until pretty late, uh, late in, in the game. So even in the military, I didn't realize I was actually breaking massive barriers, um, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Th yeah. So l let's talk about the, the little Alana and, and where you came from and your upbringing. Talk a little bit about the town you grew up in. Yeah, so I grew up in Israel. Um, you know, it's it's probably the third largest city um, there, but it's like two hundred thousand people. Like it's a, you know in, like, in U.S. capacity, it's like a small town. Um, it feels like a small town. Everybody knows pretty much everybody, um, and. You know, we grew up on the street playing soccer on the roads. There were not a lot of cars. Um, so we're, I was pretty much, uh, uh, you know, on the street all day. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> no. did, that happens here, too, as well, yeah. <laughs> um, back in the day. Um, I, yeah. Tell me a little bit about your, your parents and what kind of influence they had on the decisions you made for your career. So it's amazing. So my dad was a very hard, um, educated a professor in, um, in the Technion. He was actually in MIT and the uh, Technion, which is the big technic, um, I guess, you know, engineering school in Israel, uh, basically asked him to come to Israel because they really need um, people there. So um, he was one of the early folks. He started the um, uh, engineering, electrical engineering department there. And then he started the computer engineering department and become the president of Technion. So he was kind of the role model that I needed to live up to, <laughs> which was like not easy. Yeah. Um, and my mom was always kind of the person that was more supportive and more like at home. And um, she had the, you know, her own career at some point, but you know, she kind of took a step back when I was born. So I saw both sides, I guess. Um, and even though it was a very harsh environment to the sense, like, I don't know if I can always, you know, get the expectations um, and, and, you know, live to the expectations. But on the other hand, it was a supportive place. And we had a great home. We traveled a lot uh, for my dad's work. Um, and I think this is, by the way, I don't even know if you wanted me to tell it, but this is probably when I found out that I, I, I have some kind of a, uh, sales element in me and, and I can see it now. So, you know, when I was probably four, 
um, pretty early. <laughs> um, I my ki- my parents weren't at home. I don't know. Like it, I guess it's a thing, <laughs> you know. Like we weren't that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I looked at all the like pens and stuff that I had at home, and I picked all of them, and then I built like a little box outside the house, um, and you know on the. A pavement, and I put all the little pens there, and I started selling them. <laughs> and needless to say, I sold it for very cheap, like not a very good salesperson. And I remember my parents coming back and saying, "What the heck just happened?" She's an entrepreneur. What at four years old? My guess. What were you looking to buy something with the money you were going to make? You know, I don't even remember what it was. Or it was more that I was bored and I didn't know what to do with the time. I can't even tell you what it was, but I remembered their shock <laughs> that a lot of the things were gone. <laughs> and they didn't have, it, they didn't let me feel bad about it. Like they 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 let me feel that yes, I probably shouldn't, you know, should have asked. And they're really proud that I did it. So, and I think that's part of where parenting, you know, can really tilt the needle of saying, you know what? This is awesome. Yes, it wasn't exactly what I wanted you to do, but this is awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think that gave me a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, something that you did, I think, is very unique is that you you initially went into the army. Um, and this is a huge part of your story, becoming um, the first woman to become a lieutenant commander in charge of training F excuse me, F-16 pilots in Israel. So how did that opportunity present itself to you? So beautiful. So first of all, Sue, I will say, you know, in Israel, everybody goes to the military. So that part did not feel very unique. Like it's one of those things that actually, if you don't go, you're the unique person. Even um, even for women? It, yeah. Okay. So all the women, all the men have to go. So to some extent, that w- that part was a given. The only question is, um, can you do something really cool with your time? Right. Yeah. Um, and I'll say there was a lot of luck in this. Like, I don't you know as much as I want to take like full responsibility. And I was really cool. I think that there was a lot of luck um, that got me into the door of um basically a training F-16 pilots in the F-16 simulator. Um, And I think at that point, though, something triggered me because I realized that only the men will actually move up and become commanders in the squad. Um, And that made me question it a little bit. So why, you know, if I do a really, really, really good job and I can really give excellent feedback and give excellent training and really understand what's going on, why can't I move up? And I think that triggered a little bit of like, let me try to prove myself. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of it there. Yeah. Um, we're um, we're going to go into our next break. And when we come back, I want to ask you a few more questions about your time there. And if there was anybody that in particular that inspired you um, during that time and allowed you to kind of challenge the status quo and ask those questions. Stay with us and we will be back with Alana Golan, founder of Golan Ventures. Coming up next is our Sports Watch with Jen Welter. We'll be right back. Women to watch. Sports Watch. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Jen Welker, and you are listening to Sports Watch. It's about focusing on what's in your control. Can't always control the outcome, right? That's, that's not in our control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the calls of the refs. You can't control a lot of things. But 
what you can control is the intention that you take into every situation. And that's true. If the why is right, the outcome is not fully under your control. But when you had a good reason, you can always go back to it and you can build on the things that may not have gone right, right? Like in your execution, you can get better about X, Y, and Z. But if you don't have a core, then when things go wrong, you always lose your way. And you don't have something to go back to and say, you know what, this is who we are. This is how we play. This is how we fight. And we're going to, you know, we're going to play go for it football, or we're going to go for a first down that we may not get. You have to know that there's a may not get it if you go for it. And yet when you have that core reason that you can go back to, there's always something to build from as you go forward. Follow me and all my adventures, or you can say misadventures, on Welter47 on Instagram or at jwelter47 on Twitter. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us, um, I have Alana Golan with me, and Alana is the founder of Golan Ventures. And in the first segment, we were talking about your upbringing and your background. And and one of the things I think is impressive um, was your questioning at the time that you were in the military and recognized that there was different opportunities for men and women. And I wonder if any of that kind of... um, Confidence came from your mom. I know that that losing your mom was a um, was a very very tough thing for you. I wonder if you can talk about your relationship with her for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's amazing, Sue. Um, you know, losing someone um, I think is a big slap in the face for anyone, um, especially if we were close. Especially again, she was the one that was more home. She's the one that was more with me, um, and. You know, losing somebody that you love um, suddenly puts a little bit of a mirror in front of your face. And and I lost her, you know, maybe 10 or so years ago. So it was um, more recent now. But um, it kind of puts a mirror in your face to say, what am I doing with my life? And am I putting the right priorities in place? Um, and I think it just had a massive impact on waking me up from the settling, from the compromise, from the career that was just comfortable to waking up and saying, there is more to Ilana and this is the time. Mm-hmm. And again, as mothers, we do this also like, you know, we're as parents, right? We'll do it. We'll compromise for the kids. We'll move, you know, around. We'll move to different countries. We'll always kind of put ourselves in the back or a lot of times. And I needed that little mirror in front of my face and saying this, I need more uh, before I die. And there is a lot more to Ilana go get it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's, yeah, that recognition that life is short, right? Especially when you lose a parent. Yes. Yeah. So that Um, was the beginning. You, you've had a lot of firsts. Um, You became the youngest student to be accepted at Intel in 1996. Um, Tell me how that came about. That was that was during college, your, during your um, university that was time. Really interesting. I was literally my first semester um, studying um, computer science um, or computer engineering. Um, I honestly didn't code for the life of me. I didn't even know what that is. Um, now people, you know, kids studied that in really early age, but we didn't really do. Um, 
And I, you know, I believe Intel took me basically because of my military experience. So they were kind of snatching me as kind of a potential before somebody else will. Um, so I, you know, I did get to be lucky in that regard. Um, and then that's where I also learned um, about different bosses, right? Because the very first boss just put me in front of a big list of books and say, well, study this and good luck, right? And I could have basically buried myself there for a year and a half and nobody would see me. Um, and someone else just said, you know what, start with this um, little thing and let's make it happen. And, you know, just that little coaching, that just little belief in me um, took it to an entirely different level. So um, it also teaches you that boss has a big weight on your potential and your belief in yourself. So mm. it was good. Yeah. Um, so your degree, you got your degree in, in 2000, um, mm -hmm. Technion, uh, yeah. Israeli Institute of Technology. When you made that decision, um, t tell me what your aspirations were at that time. What job was it that you were hoping to get with that degree? Yeah. So the good news is, so First of all, I always wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> that was just kind of funny. Um, I fell in love with technology in the military. So in the military, I learned that with the power of technology, and I was, again, in charge of the simulator there, um, with the power of technology, I can literally teach people how to defend my country and come home safe. And that mission was just mind-blowing to think that you have the power to do that with technology. Um, and at that point, I just switched. I knew that I'm passionate about technology, and I knew that I want to learn that. Um, the interesting part is because I found Intel in the very first semester, I really didn't care <laughs> what happens the next four years in the Technion. I was so passionate about working with Intel, was working with the smartest people I've seen, you know, just being surrounded with like super sharp individuals that that's it. It was my, my it kind of paid my future. Yeah. So d were you thinking at that time that that would be the company you'd be working for when you graduated? So I started, I started there in my first semester. So by the time I graduated, I was there already for you four years. You were there. Years. So it wasn't was an internship. No. Oh. We, we, yeah. So they, we didn't have internships. They literally hired me. Um, wow. And, and How every, old were you? Um, I was right after the military. So I was probably 21. Um, wow. yeah. and so I just young. worked there basically as much as I could. Um, and you know, the rest of that wake hours, I would go to the Technion and to try to not fail all my classes. <laughs> so that's basically <laughs> what it was. Um, and honestly, nobody ever asked for, you know, that degree anymore, because by the time I came out, I was already with four or five or whatever, six, seven years of experience in Intel. And that's it. My, yeah. my, it, it paved my way. I did learn, though, in Intel that as much as I love writing code and I was good at it, my zone of genius was working with clients. And that's where my passion was. And that kind of paved the way to start more. Yeah. Um, is, can I ask you in Israel is, you know, we talk a lot on the show about STEM and trying to encourage more girls to pursue the field. Yeah. Is that the case in Israel or... Um, is it not something that young girls feel that they do not have the ability to pursue? 
So it's a great question. I mean, I think when I was a kid or when I came to the U.S., um, I didn't even understand some of these languages because, we, you know, in Intel, we were 40% women um, and it didn't look weird or different or a question mark. Mm -hmm. um, now, nevertheless, in engineering, electric engineering, we were literally nine women out of 300 men. Wow. <laughs> so the only thing is that I could find a husband. You know, that's my, kind of my joke, right? <laughs> Um, so it was um, rare, but I would also say it just it was not so much a matter of women can't do it. It was more more around maybe they're just not interested. So there wasn't a question um, in that regard. And a lot of the bosses were women. So I, I never lived um, with that question mark, really. Yeah. And and would you say that um, when again, when we talk about this topic in the United States, there seems to be this bias about girls and women um, don't have what it takes to be engineers. And to, I mean, it. I will say it's changed significantly. Yeah. But when you have an opportunity to be speaking to, to young girls and women today in your role, what is it that you say to them so that they can have that belief? So I'm really a big believer in dream big and make it happen and open your eyes to possibilities that you don't even know are possible for you right now. Um, and it's really about just understanding what it means. And engineering is not necessarily just sitting in front of the computer all day. There's more, right? And and sometimes it's about interest. Like a lot of women just want, you know, to feel. They want the people. They want, you know, the love and they want to belonging and and that's okay because you can have that as a kick-ass, sorry, you know, like engineer, entrepreneur, investor, like you can have it all. Just choose and go for it. Yeah. And there's a creative aspect to all those fields Method. as well that people don't always understand. It's not just coding. It's creative and it's innovative. And, and I believe a lot of women are really, really innovative. They know how to solve problems. They know how to work in parallel. Like they, there's a lot of efficiencies that we bring to the table that you can lead with that. It's not just about the math and the physics and all that stuff. It's not yeah. just what school you know, tells you. Right. You have a lot to give. And it's really about just open your eyes, go get it. Yeah. Um, we're going to go into our next break. Um, stay with us for our Military Watch with Carol Eggert, and I will be back with Alana Golan. Now, the Women to Watch, Military Watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast, NBC Universal. This week, our nation begins its recognition of Black History Month an annual celebration of achievements by African Americans and a time to honor the immeasurable impact they have had on the history of the United States. Those of African American descent have a long and distinguished history in the United States military, defending our nation with loyalty, honor, and patriotism during peacetime and in every war fought by or within the United States. Their legacy of military service is rich with heroic stories of servicemen and servicewomen who fought to defend a nation that denied them their basic rights as U.S. citizens for far too long. Take, for instance, the Tuskegee Airmen. This group of African-American military pilots and airmen fought in World War II when many U.S. states were still subject to Jim Crow laws and the American military was racially segregated. You have 
One unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Tuskegee Airmen were subjected to discrimination both within and outside the Army, yet they fought to defend and protect our nation. It wasn't until after World War II, in 1948, that our military was desegregated. This was when President Truman signed an executive order that abolished discrimination based on race, color, religion, or national origin in the United States Armed Forces. In 1976, President Gerald Ford officially recognized Black History Month as a federal observance. He encouraged others to seize the opportunity to honor the too often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area of endeavor throughout our history. Each president after Ford has proclaimed each February to be Black History Month emphasizing the significance for all communities to celebrate the service, sacrifice, and contributions that African Americans have made to our country. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking with Alana Golan, the founder of Golan Ventures. And um, Alana, something that, you know, you have shared openly with people that, um, work with you and follow you. And to me, this is an incredibly impressive experience to um, get to the other side of you. You started your own company in 2014. And I know from talking to you, the excitement that you had about doing that. And you told your colleagues and your friends and your family, I'm starting this company, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And then suddenly um, it came to a very abrupt end. So I want you to tell our listeners what happened and then what it was that allowed you to believe you could now get to the other side of that and start again, reinvent. Yeah. So it's an amazing, yeah, it's, it's a a very harsh moment. Um, So I did celebrate basically was my, um, 
previous company um, that I will be leaving. I told everyone, just like you said, Sue, about my new company and what I'm um, starting. Uh, we went to raise capital and we raised $800,000 and it was amazing because these people believed in us and they believed we were worth, you know, $5 million, et cetera, et cetera. And, and as I'm telling the whole world um, and leaving my company, my co-founder decided to take the money and throw me out of the business. And suddenly I found within 24 hours, literally, I found myself with nothing. So no job, no salary, no investment, no company, and really just kind of the rug under me. And what I say is my ego down the drain, right? Because suddenly mm -hmm. you're, you're a nobody, right? And and probably the hardest thing is that sometimes we are associated with our title we're associated with our career like i would go to events and they're like hi ilana what do you do i don't know <laughs> right <laughs> at this moment what at this moment do you yes wanna do? like i don't know right and yeah. you become this person that you always kind of looked you know at others and you're like oh i don't want to be that right and suddenly you're it you're you you're a nobody and I think that realization was a really, really tough realization. How do I recuperate from, you know, and there's also shame. Let's be honest too, right? I mean, I yeah. just told everybody I'm starting this company. What do I do? Do I look, you know, I'll look for another co-founder and start again? Do I look for revenge? Like I look for a job, like what do I do? And I think one of the things too that people don't realize, or maybe it took me time to realize is our career is not a nine to five. It impacts everything. It impacts our relationship, our health, our mood, our sleep, you know, like when we're messy, we're messy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, true. I yes. mean, I would wake up at 3am, like I would moody at my kids, I would snap at everybody, like, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and the truth is that I knew I knew I needed to reinvent myself. I knew I needed to figure this out. I knew I needed to, but I didn't know how. And I, I think just waking up, especially for overachievers, especially for people who are used to winning and used to being really good, waking up and not knowing what's next and what do I do today and what am I living for is death by a thousand cuts. It, it, it just, it's hard to describe. Can it, who were you talking to at that time to help you through it? Was there someone that helped you get through that period that believed in you? So it, what's funny is that for the outside world, I was successful. Um, so when people kind of looked at me from the outside, they didn't know what I was feeling, right? I, it, it, the, the journey is very, very lonely, which basically one of the reasons I started Leap, right? Uh, the journey is so lonely. And when I was looking for help, a lot of the coaches just never walked the walk. So I just kind of felt like they're not going to help me. Like they don't understand what I'm going through. Maybe they learned some theory, but this is not it. Like, I'm like, I just got my whole rug under me. How the heck do I recover? Um, and it was a lot of soul searching. It was a lot of signing up to different things and trying different things and kind of throwing spaghetti on the wall, seeing what sticks, you know, there was a lot of that. Um, there was a lot of fake it till you make it. Let's me try different things. Um, and eventually it worked. Um, and I, you know, it was such a hard process that at that point I promised that if I ever get out of that situation, I have to tell the world how, because this is for high achievers, 
this is a death sentence and there must be a way out. And the, and also, to you know, in today's world, we reinvent ourselves and we leap again and again, gone on the days where you're in the same place for 30 years, right? Right, right. So most of the things that we do, especially in the tech world, you know, but also in other places, you're not learning, you know, you don't learn marketing, you don't really learn management, you don't learn how to be a C-suite, you don't learn how to be a board seat, you don't learn how to be an advisor to companies, you don't learn these things. So it was just like, so how am I supposed to get there? And how would anybody trust me? And I getting into this like chicken and egg thing, right? So it was about learning how to reinvent myself and leap so that I can do it again, again. And then it was about taking all these tools so that I can give it to more people around the world. You know, it's interesting because in reading a lot of the um, feedback from clients, many of them say that the reason you're so good at what you do is because, um, you know, you said you've walked the walk and you, you're you teaching from experience, not an ideology, as someone said. Yeah. So that develops trust immediately with, with clients. Yeah. And and the truth too, and I love that you said that, and, and I also remember her really, really well. I know who said that. And and the truth is that there's something about, a lot of it is the belief, right? So when you see somebody that has been there, um, you know, it gets, you know, closer. But there's also a lot of things that people can do to break the chicken and egg that I wish I knew earlier. And, you know, for me, it's a lot about that. It's a lot about being around people who are stretching you higher. And now I have my own coach. And without them, I wouldn't, you know, my business would not be where it is. Yeah. So I am a big, big, big believer. Yeah. Um, just it, surround yourself with help. Yeah. And not only that, that experience, you wouldn't have been ready prior to that experience, I right? Agree. To do the work you do. So that truly was meant for you. Um, we're going to go into our last break. When we come back, I want to talk about Leap and the program and, and what you've developed and created. Stay with us for our Marketing Watch and Health Watch, and we'll be back with Alana Golan. Now, the Women to Watch, Marketing Watch. Hi there, my name is Diana Barnes, or DB as most people call me, and I'm the Chief Brand Officer and Creative Director at Munchkin, the world's most loved baby lifestyle brand for over 30 years. We know that companies who give back to causes that are important to their consumers tend to grow faster, have increased brand loyalty, and attract top-tier talent. But what if your company's corporate giving is fragmented or non-existent? The former was the case when I joined Munchkin seven years ago. The company made donations to organizations, but there wasn't a strategic approach to its giving efforts. Sometimes a company's choice for philanthropic support, commonly referred to as CSR or corporate social responsibility, is evident. A shoe company donates sneakers to children in need, for example. At Munchkin, we leaned into less obvious choices. Just like the parents that use our products, we're concerned now more than ever about the world we're leaving to our children. Ensuring that at-risk and endangered animals survive for future generations is a primary pillar of our CSR. Our product line, Wild Love, infuses our devotion to animal welfare with our most successful products, our 360 Miracle Cups. The line is solely focused on educating families about these at-risk species and supports our biannual donations to the International Fund for Animal Welfare. Our philanthropic efforts also support Trees for the Future and the building of the world's first whale and dolphin safe haven through the Whale Sanctuary Project. We make these contributions because it's important to our founder, our employees, and our consumers. 
When I tell people where I work, they either recognize our brand from our most popular product, the No Spill 360 Cup, or they know us as the baby brand that cares about animals. Either is a win-win in my book. When it comes to defining CSR efforts for your company, don't be afraid to look beyond the obvious places or ways to give. Commit to a cause and to ongoing long-term donations. Find reputable organizations to give to by searching on GuideStar or Charity Navigator. Get your employees involved with volunteer opportunities and share milestones and accomplishments with your consumers. After all, they're the ones that make the giving possible. To learn more about all of Munchkin's CSR work, please visit us at munchkin.com. Bullying is just something that's on every parent's mind. Couldn't be more true. I feel it. Parents are not meant to be their child's best friend, at least not in the younger years. Oh my goodness. I want to jump through this microphone and give you a hug. Humans have been parents. Guess what? Since the species developed, you're doing a good job. It's going to be fine. Hey parents, it's here. Season two of Stroller Coaster, the podcast for parents of kids of all ages brought to you by Munchkin. This season, we've got even more great content for you. Plus, you've got me, your new host, Lynn Smith. I've been a news anchor for CNN, NBC, a producer for the Today Show. And all along the way, I got to interview some amazing people and do some exciting things like fly a plane. That was fun. And as a journalist and a mom of two young boys, I am thrilled to be here at Stroller Coaster. I get to share my parenting journey with you, plus interview experts who have information parents like us really need. Share some inspiring stories from real parents around the world. Talk to a surprise celebrity guest or two. And let's just have some fun. So don't miss out. Join me, Lynn Smith, for a smart, inspiring, fun season of Stroller Coaster, the parenting podcast brought to you by Munchkin, the most loved baby brand in the world. Subscribe now. Now, the women to watch. Health Watch. For Health Watch, I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. What happens when you're injured at work or develop an illness from exposure to fumes or infection? This morning on Your Radio Doctor, we talked about occupational medicine with Dr. Ken Lankin, Medical Director of the Occupational Health Network at Thomas Jefferson University. He has a vast experience in this field, which helps to ensure the health and safety of employees while keeping the workplace productive. The big focus? Prevention. These physicians educate staff and employers about safety and security, making everyone familiar with hazards and toxic materials in the work environment. The most common issues are musculoskeletal in nature. Repetitive use injuries like carpal tunnel syndrome, fractures, amputations, back and neck injuries. Others include inhalation of fumes or exposure to infection like the flu or COVID. In a hospital setting, great care is taken to protect workers from needle sticks when disposing of used needles from the lab or IV medicines, avoiding eye injuries, being sprayed or splashed with body fluids. These providers are trained in the return to work process, which involves health monitoring that optimizes when an ill or injured worker can return safely. Listen to the entire show on yourradiodoctor.com. Well, today marks the end of January. Winter is flying by. It also marks the two-year anniversary of Your Radio Doctor on the air. As the host of Your Radio Doctor and this weekly Health Watch segment, my goal is to explain complex medical issues clearly so you can make better decisions for yourself and your loved ones. They say that what you don't know can't hurt you. Well, in medicine, what you don't know can hurt you, and you don't know what you don't know. I want to be your voice. 
with experts from top medical centers around the country asking questions that you might not think to ask. Remember, sometimes I'm a patient too. Your radio doctor is moving to a new day and new time. Join us every Saturday evening at 5 o'clock beginning on February 12th. All shows are posted on yourradiodoctor.com. That's Saturday evenings at 5. Thanks for listening. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back to the show. I'm speaking to Alana Golan. Um, she is a rock star. She's the founder of Golan Ventures. Um, she has shared very openly about, you know, her life story and what led to you starting this company, which I think you really were meant to do. Um, tell us what Leap is and, and what you provide uh, your clients. I love that. So thank you, Sue, so much. Um, Basically, Leap was um, my solution to my hard moments of trying to reinvent myself again and again. Because even in corporate, you know, I needed to get out of the mold of the very technical person and, you know, prove that I can be in front of clients. And then I needed to morph into leadership and become the VP and CEO and then morph into entrepreneurship and then morph into an, you know, investor, morph into venture capital or whatever. So I kept needing to morph myself and just realizing how hard that is. Um, I just realized there must be a better way. And we basically created a program to help really driven professionals, really A plus players that, you know, either fell off the horse of success or trying to get, you know, higher, trying to figure out what's next for me and to really help them get that clarity, get their story straight and really bit that chicken and egg, build their reputation, build their network so that they can leap. Um, and it's, it's incredible just seeing those people change lives, raise capital, you know, build businesses, land CEO jobs or COO jobs and VP, whatever. It's just the biggest thing that I could have ever hoped for myself. Do you think this is really, truly what you are meant to be doing? I think so. So what's beautiful is that I truly believe that every life moment and every hardship and every skill that I got was basically, you know, getting me to this. And that's what's beautiful about it, because now I need to use all of it (laughs) because it's entrepreneurship and helping people and building a business and, you know, whatever. It's all of it together in one big piece. And I would not be able to help entrepreneurs if I wasn't my own, if I wasn't able to help investors, if I wasn't my own, if I I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't be able to help people get to VP and CEO if I wasn't there. So, you know, like everything built me to this um, and to become the best version of it and to help people become the best version of themselves. And I can't ask for a better gift, honestly, Sue. Do you think this is an interesting question. When you were describing, you know, you, you have been involved in many aspects of life. Do you think everyone is capable of kind of morphing, as you said, into other areas? So you technology and marketing and sales and management, development, um, yeah. or is are some people meant to really kind of stay in one lane? It's a great question. I mean, I think there's very small subset that really wants to stay in one lane. It's really more about where they want versus what they can. Um, I do believe, like Ford said, you know, whether you think you can, you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. Right. Yes. If you think that you can do it, then you just need to get the right help 
to get there faster. That's the only thing, right? And the beautiful thing is I think just sometimes people just don't see the horizon. And for us, it's really important to just show them what's possible. Because when, you know, I have a senior manager in Cisco and all she could see is that director role that she can't get to and she was knocking on this glass ceiling and now she's a CEO of her own company. She invested in 10 companies. She's on public boards. You know, she flew to ring the bell. Like, you know, she's like, you changed my life. I didn't even know that was possible. That was available to me. So I think a lot of it is about the desire, but there is a grit. They need to want it. They need to be committed. There is no magic wand. There is no you know, hi, take a million dollars in a CEO role. Mm. That doesn't exist, right, right. right? So they need to really, really want to be committed, have grit and and get all the help you can get to get yeah. there. Um, because honestly, again, my business would not be there without, you know, me getting help. My public speaking would not be there without getting help. Like I'm really a massive believer from getting help, you know, getting help from people who walk the walk. Yeah. That's it. Tell me what, um, because you're, you know, it's very obvious to me that you're in a place that um, your work brings you joy and you're doing something fulfilling. You're also a mom. You have two children. Um, and these yeah. past two years have been scary for the, for the entire planet. Tell me what yeah. has been the most difficult for you as a mom and um and what you're hopeful for in, you know, the, the next year for them as far as coming out on the other side. Amazing, Sue. So, yes, it is harder. You know, the kids are at home. Um, I admit that I probably wasn't as present to work with them on their homework and check that they're doing it. You know, and like, I, you know, I admit that these parts are probably not where I'm going to get the mother of the year, you know, <laughs> and it was hard, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, juggling is always hard. I always say to people, you can have it all, just not at the same time. Um, and right now I was focusing on business and, you know, growing this thing to become in a machine that changes lives. Um, and that did put a little bit, you know, of my kids in a little bit in the back. Um, now, on the other hand, the reason I'm doing this is to create freedom for ourselves and the family, the whole two weeks, you know, vacation in corporates, we're just not cutting it. And for me, it was about creating a lifestyle that I can travel the world, that I can show them experience, that we can live, you know, the lifestyle that I always wanted them to have. So it is about that. And I know that even if it's hard, a little harder right now, I'm doing this with very intention, you know, intentionally and strategically yes. to get us to where we want to yeah. go. It, yeah. Knowing the why, right, of what you're doing. Knowing the yeah, why. really important. Yeah, um, we, we've come to the end of the show. I really enjoyed our conversation, Alana, and we'll be sharing um, your company information with our listeners further after the show. Thank you so much. Can I say something, Sue? Yes. Do I have a you minute? You do. So, Sue, first of all, I do want to say something to you. And I don't know if many people say that. Um, the way you articulated, studied about me, did your homework, did your research. Honestly, I've been on a lot of shows and a lot of podcasts, and I did not see this level of professionalism ever. Yeah. And I want to just raise this big kudos. I don't, you know, I hope the listeners are listening because you are the real deal. Huh. And this is really important. Thank you so, so much. I so much appreciate that. We'll continue yeah. to follow your work. Thanks again, Alana. That's it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Stay tuned next week for my interview with Jennifer Ernst, the CEO of Tivic Health. Have a great week, everyone, and stay well. 
Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.